Hang on to your seats, everybody. It's time for Just Push Go, a podcast by and about small business owners. Trina and Sarah Turrell explore life, challenges, and the adventures of entrepreneurship, all with a side of super sister energy. Hi, everybody. We're here for another episode of Just Push Go. Yeah! I am not only here with my co-host, Trina Turrell. Hello, world. But we are joined by a guest this week who is awesome. Her name is Amanda McNair. Welcome, Amanda! Thank you for having me. Woo! I'm so excited. We're so excited to have you. We feel like you're a nice big get for us because we... uh, we love, well, I mean, I love interacting with you and we love your social and, and your dog people. So you're my kind of people and Trina's kind of people. We're thrilled to have you. Thank you so much. Yeah, we definitely connected over Walter for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what a wiener of a dog he is. <laughs> so for everyone wondering, Amanda McNair, I'm going to read her bio very quickly, is the realtor for pet lovers. Whether you're selling your current house, buying a new home or investing in an income property, it can be quite the adventure, ups and downs, excitement and frustration. Amanda is committed to being by your side like a dog throughout <laughs> this adventure to help make your real estate experience the best it can be, both for you and for your fur babies. Because if you are a dog lover or a cat lover, if you can be a cat lover. <laughs> I'm also a cat lover, so you can I know be. you are. I am afraid of cats. Uh, oh, okay. When, okay. We, when we bought the house we're in now and when we bought our car, we like Walter was a big consideration for for why we did that. Yeah. So, yeah. Today we are talking with Amanda, who is lovely, about um, something that small business owners some feel great about, some feel horrible about, and some just feel like, oh my God, that sounds daunting, which is the topic of niching down. Yeah, for sure. Way down. Yeah. Niching can be rough. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) How long have you had that one planned in your back pocket? (laughs) I just thought of it a couple minutes ago, and I've been waiting to pounce. <laughs> waiting to pounce like a cat. That's right. Yeah. Cat on catnip with that dog pun. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, should we start uh, like a, a timer for how many different puns we can do throughout the episode? <laughs> <laughs> that, can, that can be a coffee drinking game for our listeners. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it depends on when they're listening. Maybe it's a mimosa drinking game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we don't judge around here. Yeah. No. No judgment. It's already afternoon in Australia. It's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, that's right. Assume it's afternoon in Australia. <laughs> Morning here. I said that and then I'm like, oh, I might be really like, I might really be making myself sound dumb. I'm pretty sure they're like 24 hours ahead of us, but I could be completely yeah. wrong with that. I'm I'm not great oh, with so, geography all so the it's, time. <laughs> so it's nighttime in Australia right now. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> um so everyone always talks about niching and they talk about sort of the importance of it and how even if you can help everyone, you can't target everyone. And as a small business owner, you go, but if I niche down here, I'm, 
like to all the Dianes, I'm going to miss the Susans. And it can feel really, I mean, for me, it feels daunting. I feel like I'm afraid I'm going to miss a big opportunity. And, and so it scares me. But you, Amanda, have, well, again, you are a realtor that can, I mean, if you're a realtor, you're a realtor. Um, but you have niched down to being Amanda, realtor for pet lovers. What, yes. like, what led to that? What, that's a big jump. Yeah, it's a big it. jump. And it's funny because obviously there's a bit of quirkiness to it, which as you get to know me more, as you know, Sarah, firsthand, that's uh, a trait that I strongly embrace with my own personality. Um, so at the beginning, people were saying, what do you like? That's crazy to just promote yourself for pet lovers. Because to your point, like you said, there's so many other people that may feel like they're not included. But as yeah, like know, pet haters. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's fine because if you're a pet hater, I probably don't want to work with you anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you're definitely not my kind of people. Our personalities may not mix. Um, but the thing that I love about pet lovers is we're so passionate about our fur babies that it's a, it's almost like an instant bond. You feel connected to that person. And it's a great way to get to know more about someone, the way that they treat their um, animals and the way that they interact can tell you a lot about a person. And typically the people who are pet lovers are the exact kind of people that I love to be around. That's a great reason for niching. I never thought of is it's a great way to like get clients who are on your wavelengths. Well, for sure. And when you own a business, you want to typically be working with people that it makes sense to work with that you'll enjoy working with. Yeah. Um, so if I can meet other people that are as obsessed with animals as I am, well, maybe not because that's, I'm pretty over the top. <laughs> but if there's people who really thoroughly enjoy animals, um, like if, if you kiss your dog on the mouth, you're my kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I think we all stopped to picture kissing dogs on mouths there. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm remembering our neighbors when we were growing up and they would let their dog lick inside their mouths and that always horrified me as much as I love dogs. You mean you yeah. shouldn't share like your ice cream cone with your dog, one lick for them, one lick for you? You shouldn't be doing that? No, no, just because those tongues have been on their buttholes. That's oh, absolutely, they, yeah. They literally let their dog lick inside their mouth. Like not yeah. lick their face, but like yeah. put... Yeah. Yeah. It was a little disturbing on, <laughs> on a few levels, but to each their own. I feel like I'm so obsessed with animals. I can't even judge how people like choose to interact. Well, I mean, <laughs> there probably is a line somewhere I can draw, but for, for that case. Um, yeah. But when it comes to niching specifically for the pet lovers, I felt like it was important because um, not a lot of realtors are comfortable with pets or even know how to interact with pets. Um, so with that regard, just being able to, uh, be comfortable around your family pet, who, as we know, as, as pet lovers, um, they're our babies, like they're an important part of the family that needs to take into consideration when it comes to the transition of moving, buying, selling, whatever it is. Um, and there's a lot of different avenues that people don't necessarily think of when they're selling their home or purchasing a home. Um, where their pets can factor in. So kind of helping them along the way to incorporate their pet and make sure that everything is as like as stressless as it can be for themselves, but then also for their pets as well. 
We when we bought this place that we're in, we'd sold our other home and they had a shorter closing. So we had a month where we had to rent a little apartment mm-hmm. and we didn't even, it's awful. We just sort of assumed Walter would come with us. And then the stairs, he was like, I'm not doing these stairs. So he actually had to go spend a month up North with his grandparents. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they brought him back the day after we moved in and it would have been nice to, I mean, I should have remembered, but it would have been nice for someone to be like, what are you doing with the dog for that month? Like, (laughs) And these are things, because there's so many different moving parts um, throughout a real estate transaction, these are the kinds of things that kind of get forgotten about. It's like when you plan to go somewhere and it's the day before and you realize that you don't have a dog sitter. You're like, oops, I forgot about that part. Um, It's one thing when you have kids with pets, Sometimes it's because they, they can be so easy, depending on the type of pet that you have. Um, it can go unnoticed, those things. And then all of a sudden, they kind of slap you in the face. You're like, oh, yeah, I forgot to do this. Um, even just something as simple as getting a vet referral for your new location. Not everybody would think to do that ahead of time. But if anything happens during the move um, or if your pet needs medication and things like that, you want to make sure that you've got a vet in the new location that you're moving to as well. So even that is something that kind of gets forgotten, um, on the list of things to do as you're moving and and finding a new home or transitioning out of the home that you're in right now. So how, how did it help your business once you started niching? Um, I would say that it strengthened connections. Like we've mentioned, pet parents are pretty bonded people. Um, it's the same way that there's like mom groups. There's dog mom groups or cat mom groups. Um, and I'm not biased to just dogs and cats. All kinds of, of pets are awesome. Um, I've actually shown houses with huge snakes in them. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, to me, it's, I'm like, I walk in, I'm like, whoa, cool. And the clients are like in the corner being like, um, what is happening here? Why is there a <laughs> um, Usually we're told ahead of time in the notes that there's some kind of animal, but not all the time. Um, but yeah, so I, I would say it's really strengthened the connections because we're able to bond over the love of animals. Um, and then I also feel like when when you genuinely enjoy interacting with somebody's pets, they mm-hmm. see you in a different light as well. So when I'm on the floor, like playing with your pets, there's an instant kind of trust that's there, mostly because your pet is trusting me, right? So yeah. I, a lot of people will say, you know, if my dog doesn't like you, then there's something, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not feeling this vibe. Yeah. So it kind of goes hand in hand with that too. When you're able to interact with a pet and and have that trust between the pet, it helps um, my clients trust me more as well. And then that can help just broaden the relationship in general, yeah. uh, which is a great thing when everybody feels really comfortable because it's, you know, buying and selling a home is a huge uh, decision to make. So anything that we can do that makes um, a client more comfortable mm-hmm. is really important to make sure that we're tackling ahead of time. Did you find that it also, like, how did it affect how you marketed yourself? Was it, like, easier to come up with a message or? Yeah, I would say for me it's easier because now I get to (laughs) purposefully (laughs) use images of animals that I all already like wanted to do anyway. Yeah. (laughs) I I just use them. I don't even have um, 
I'm not niche down to pet lovers. I just make Walter be in my stuff anyway. Exactly. <laughs> and that was, that's the same with me. Everybody knew me for being like the crazy pet parent where I posted a million photos of my cats and my dogs. So I'm like, hey, wait a minute. This is already a branding strategy before I even niche down. So it's really just taking what I already genuinely enjoy doing um, and bringing that into my brand. I even yeah. had a great photographer um, as well after all photos and she brought her dog and cat to the photo shoot and I took photos with them as well. So some of the photos <laughs> that you'll see on Instagram are of my photographer's pets too. So it's fun just being able to interact with animals, which is something I enjoy doing, but then also bring it in into a branding factor as well. Yeah. Were you a little scared, though, when you finally were ready to push the button on because on Instagram, it says realtor for pet lovers when it yeah. was time to like push the button and be like, hey, uh, this is my niche. How'd that feel? Um, well, the funny thing about that is I actually didn't start as a realtor for pet lovers. Um, I started as Burlington Living because I'm in Burlington, Ontario, and I primarily service like Burlington, Oakville, Hamilton, surrounding areas kind of thing. Um even though I'm able to connect people with anywhere in the world, um, that's where I was focusing. But then when it was just Burlington Living, I didn't have the same kind of passion. And from the beginning, I wanted it to be about pets, but I was kind of told by mentors and things like that, that, you know, it's, it's kind of a awkward thing or a weird thing. Or again, the same way that people are saying about the, the niching down, it's well, maybe people won't want to work with you because they don't like pets or whatever. Um, so I, I would have actually done it sooner had I realized how much fun it would be. Um, I think when I started up my profession as a realtor, I felt like I needed to put on that professional proper kind of make people know that you can that you can do your job yeah um, but I also want people to know the kind of personality that they're getting involved with when they work with me which is we we like to have fun yes we 100% get the job done well um and we'll we'll find you the home that you love but it's great to have some fun and have some adventure along the way so tying my personality and my love for pets into that was a fun way for people to kind of get their attention um, for the people who love animals as well and kind right. of bring them on board right away. You know, Amanda, I think, um, personally, I get, I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel that sort of need to be like, so like proper and this is who everyone expects me to be. So we all put on like that. This is who, like, I am serious Sarah and I am serious <laughs> Trina. Yeah. And yeah. And, and then like, it's exhausting because you're sort of, unless you are serious, Sarah, it is exhausting sort of being like, I need to be what people think I need to be. And I know for me, the minute I was like, listen, I'm a mediator. I take, I take your conflicts very seriously. I, I take my clients issues very seriously, but as a human being, I'm a little quirky and I can't, I can't suppress. I'm a lot quirky. <laughs> and I can't, it's so freeing letting that out and being like, this is me. Like. And while yeah. I haven't necessarily niched down my messaging as much as you have, like just releasing the inner Sarah was like such a ooh, moment. 
Exactly. As a business owner, showing up with your authentic personality is one of the best things that you can do for your business. I have a marketing background as well, um, as well as a coaching background. So being able to work all those things in, I know the importance of authenticity. And you're right, when you are able to really be yourself, that's when you really start thriving in your business, because you're not putting on that whole fake mask or feeling like you have to show up as somebody else to your point Sarah you're not exhausted with that instead you're having fun and you're being creative and you're able to just get like the ideas flowing based on your actual likes and personality um and finding the people that you really connect with which makes doing business fun yeah agreed yeah yeah Trina's super serious though. <laughs> Wasn't that the what they say about siblings? One is usually like a quirky one and one is more serious and you know. Oh both, no, I am know, deeply, deeply weird. Trina's weird. <laughs> Trina's weirder than me. Somehow my parents hit the lottery. They got no serious kid. They got <laughs> they got two weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That'll keep life interesting. Yeah, it has. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're we're 18 months. I mean, we're very different, but we're also very the same. So it's mm-hmm. it's very interesting. We're only 18 months apart and um yeah, I don't think either of us has ever really been serious. No. No. I mean, we we can be when we need to be, but well, and that's the thing. I mean, especially as a business owner, of course, you you do want to make sure that people know you can do your job well and that you're a professional, yeah. but professional and doing air quotes that you can't see is such a relative term. Um, My expectation or my view of professionalism could be totally different than my neighbor's view of professionalism. Um, It's just a personality trait. So to me, it's more about like how you're taking care of somebody in a professional manner and, and respecting them versus, you know, having a suit and high heels and that whole stereotypical kind of professional woman hustle type thing she always like- looks very 80s in my head <laughs> yeah, very large exactly. shoulder pads yes yeah <laughs> yeah with the the button down suit jacket and things like that yeah yeah and, and a little like- dog in her purse yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, now business owners are known for like their um, messy buns and yoga pants and things like that. You don't have to look a particular way or be a particular kind of person to be a successful business owner. And that's one of the things that I love about um, what's happened, especially in the last couple of years with what's going on in the world is just people being able to embrace or or almost taking the opportunity to go after what it is that they really want to be doing and taking a look at who they want to serve, what kind of clients they want to work with, um, and maybe maybe taking a look at who they want to niche down to in their business. I think that's a great segue into, um, like, how, you have a coaching background. How did that make you a better realtor? So you've kind of evolved through your businesses. Yeah, and I still do coaching as well. So I have authentic soul coaching. Again, that authenticity piece is really important. Um, so as we've mentioned before, like investing in a home is one of the biggest purchases that you're going to make in your life. So of course there's like high stress, (laughs) there's excitement. It's a really emotional um, process and all kinds of ups and downs with your mindset. You're going to feel really confident and then you're going to be devastated if you don't get the house that you want. And then you find out that there's a reason you didn't get that house because there's an even better one that you actually end up getting. 
So there's, it's like an emotional roller coaster. Um, so with the coaching background that I have, I'm able to guide my clients through those ups and downs. Um, I'm able to, to set expectations right from the beginning as well. I don't shy away from those difficult conversations, uh, whether it's, you know, making sure that you have a pre-approval, not looking at houses that are over that amount because you don't want to be disappointed. So having those real conversations with people and being able to effectively communicate with different personalities uh -huh. um, are some of the ways that my coaching background has helped with real estate. Cool. Why well, you you kind of flatten out the roller coaster a little? Exactly, and I mean, <laughs> yeah, like it's still a roller coaster. Don't get me wrong, but being able to manage those emotions is a lot easier when we work together because I have a lot of tools um, that I can help you with. Even just talking through things. Um, not every realtor is willing to have that, you know, lending an ear. Have I, here's a shoulder to cry on kind of thing. Let's talk through the feelings that you're having. Um, some people are uncomfortable with that, whereas I'm used to it. And I think that it's a very healthy process uh, to go through when you are having such extreme emotions when you're, you know, when you're working with a real estate transaction. Yeah, that's cool. Did it cause you to lose any significance in followers or potential clients when you niche down, Amanda? Not that I know of. I mean, if anyone <laughs> followed me, I didn't notice it. Um, and that's not, <laughs> not to sound pretentious. It's just to... Um, to say, you know, like if, if me saying that I'm a pet lover and encouraging other pet lovers to come together and unite is something that people aren't, uh, aren't interested in being a part of, that's totally cool, but I'm going to keep doing me and I'm going to keep, you know, being, um, a pillar for pet lovers, uh, and just moving forward in the community to, I just think it's so kind of magical as silly as that might sound I think it's magical the way that pets can bring people together you think about even if you're walking your dog outside and there's neighbors that maybe you've never talked to but if you're you're walking your dogs then then you talk to each other about your dogs and you, you're maybe communicating with people in a different way that otherwise they would have walked by um, so just using pets as a tool to be able to help human connection and taking that unconditional love that pets give people and bringing that towards other human beings in general, as fluffy or as, as, you know, cutesy as that might sound. <laughs> I think that's one of the great benefits of being involved with other pet lovers. Yeah. You make a very good case for getting very niche. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and really, if you don't like what you're doing, what's the point of doing it? So if you can niche down to something that you really feel passionate about, it makes your career a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's sort of that ironic thing, right? If you talk to less people, you get more business, but because you're actually talking to someone instead of no one. Exactly. Yeah. It's what that saying goes. If you're talking to everyone, you're talking to no one, right? Yeah. You, you need to make your audience feel like you're connecting with them but also in a way that's authentic to to who you are because if you're niching down to something that you're not overly passionate about but you think that it's going to make you a lot of money eventually it's not going to pan out in the long run because you're not going to you're not going to have the drive to build that business moving forward it'll be boring for you but if you're basing your business on a foundation of something that you really love um, then that's a great way to have a more long-term successful business plan. Yeah. Yeah. It's why I don't mediate divorces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would probably be exhausting. 
Yeah, I mean, great for the people who can do them. I, I've done some, and you don't get the best me. So no. I, I don't. If I'm not giving the best me, I'm not doing it. So this is exactly. why I don't photograph weddings. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you. I mean, you did for a while, Trine. I did. And you learned was not learned, your niche. I learned a lot, and I learned it was not my niche. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Sometimes you have to dabble in other niches to realize that that's not what it was like the whole Burlington living thing I still service the Burlington area but for me like Burlington is fantastic I love living here but I love pets more (laughs) there's a lot lot more to do with pets and I still like partner with local pet services so I'm still working with businesses within Burlington and the surrounding area um, to help my clients have the resources that they need Um, but it's just specific to pets. And yes, I'll, of course, I'll work with people who don't have pets, um, but it is more fun to have messaging that brings forward that playfulness that pets kind of represent. And yeah. that ties into the kind of personality that I am as well. It definitely makes you stand out more because so many realtors are like, and there's nothing wrong with it, but they're like, I'm the expert in my town. Let me tell you about the town. And that's, that's great, but they all seem to do it. So the fact that you like, that's where we're like, we have to talk to Amanda about niching because you went for it and you, and you really carved something out for yourself that really makes you stand out. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the keys of growing your business too, is standing apart from people. What is making you unique? You know, we talked about that unique selling proposition and marketing. What is it that makes you a little bit more unique than maybe the next person. I mean, we're not going to, we're not going to deny the fact that everybody probably knows at least five to 10 realtors, right? So it's, there's no shortage of options out there when it comes to having a real estate professional. Um, But when it's somebody that you connect with on a more personal level and you have something in common with them, then you're more likely to choose that person, trust them. That whole no like, and trust factor comes into play. It's uh, it's so great when people can actually feel that connection with you right away. I know there have been times I, I have taken Walter to mediations because I knew, I knew the people involved were dog people. Mm-hmm. And I knew um, one of them, when I was doing intake, I knew they didn't want to talk to me. I knew they were there because their boss said, they had to do it and they knew there was a problem, but, and so Walter's such a great way to break the ice in that sense. Right. Cause the next thing you know, they're petting the dog and we're talking about the dog and it just sort of leads into, okay, this is what's going on and they can yeah. pet Walt. So it is amazing how, but he's getting old and can't really. So the no like, and trust has to come back to me because people can't know, <laughs> can't know like, and trust Walter. He's, Although more people, I think, know him than me. He definitely. (laughs) You just bring pictures of Walter with you, like a slideshow of Walter just to break the ice. (laughs) That'd be a great way to start every presentation. Yeah, (laughs) You need like a stuffy that feels like Walter to pass around for everyone to pet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's not a terrible idea. (laughs) Or like stress balls with his face on them. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Those would look so weird. (laughs) Amanda is there anything you do differently in your niching journey um I think I I pretty much take the basics of 
my marketing background that I've learned, just again, trying to do something a little bit unique. Um, knowing that standing out from the crowd is a good thing. A lot of people sometimes shy away from that or they think, you know, this is going to be too offbeat or, or too different from other people. But that is really what you can embrace to make yourself stand out. I know when I have uh, conversations, whether it be with potential clients or with referral partners, um, when I say I'm the realtor for pet lovers, they're like, oh, that's so cool. I've never heard of anybody doing that before. It's something that sticks in their mind. So yeah. if they are looking to refer a client somewhere in my area and that person happens to have a pet, maybe they'll think of me more top of mind than somebody else. So just embracing the things that you love, I think, um, is one of the keys to growing your business. And that's kind of just a, a basic marketing tool in my perspective anyway. I mean, it, it may not be common sense to everybody, but I think that that's one of the basic foundational um, ways to really grow a business. Yeah, agreed. Yes. Uh, do, you have, do, do you have... Trina's very agreeable today. Do you have <laughs> any funny stories of like a cat you didn't know about in a house or... <laughs> Or, yeah, they were... showing, or a snake popped out of a toilet like yeah. well the snake the, the snake one was a surprise to the clients which was kind of funny um but one of the things that I found hilarious was we were doing a home inspection um of a building that was tenanted so there were people who like tenants who were currently living there and one of them had a cat so as the home inspector was going around he was doing the laser measuring of the room sizes uh -huh. and oh. the red laser was on the wall and the cat was like jumping up <laughs> trying to get it like swatting at the laser so we had a good laugh about that but um I would say that that's probably one of my favorite times because we were laughing pretty hard that he's trying to like trying to measure the room sizes and the cat just wants to play with the laser on the wall Aww, that's cute that's very yeah, cute, that's cute. <laughs> too bad too bad cats are so scary <laughs> I think it's it's particular cats. Cats are known to be jerks. Um, they get a bit of a bad rap, but there's some great cats out there. My one cat is like so loving. <laughs> I like how I'm like my one cat. My one cat is so loving. My other cat, probably more of a jerk. Um, but I think with every animal, that goes with any breed, that goes with humans. Some are yeah. really nice and some are not. <laughs> <laughs> Cats just tend to get a bad rap because they're very independent creatures um and can you know they have claws that they can scratch you with so that's not not always the <laughs> nicest thing but I think even if even for people who are scared of animals it can help to spend some time with animal like a, a vetted animal that is known to be nice yeah. and then you can get time to interact with that animal see uh, that they're not necessarily as scary. We'll always come across some bad apples the same way, like we said, same with any species. Um, but it is fun to just interact with different kinds of animals if there is a fear that's there. Not to push it on anyone. Yeah, we need to, we need to find you a nice cat, Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, I just haven't had a lot of exposure to cats in my life. Like, so yeah. anytime I have, I've been like, when the cat comes near me, I'm like, are you coming near me to scratch me, bite me? <laughs> or I don't know. 
Like yeah. I have no, I can't read cats. I can't I, read cats either. Yeah. So I'm afraid of them because I'm like, I don't know what you're like. Yeah. Um, like when they come at my hand to rub their face on it, I'm like, is there going to be teeth on this or is it just <laughs> <Yeah>. face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and where do you pet them like and behind, how hard do you, behind how hard the ears do you at the base of the tail those are usually the favorite parts to be pet for for cats the belly <laughs> oh the, the belly, belly that's great is, yeah very yeah. scary well, i would say start with maybe the base of the tail work your way to behind the ears and then if the if the cat flops over then do the belly but you will find those cats that are like i'm good with three pets no more you will get swiped if it's any more than three pets <laughs> well, i know and how do you know when you've pet too much like <laughs> you don't. it's all part, part of the wild adventure <laughs> <laughs> i've taken this way off topic <laughs> <laughs> trina do you have any other questions for amanda uh yeah how old were you when you got your first pet um, oh a gotcha question yeah that is a good question we've always had pets uh -huh. uh, as long as I can remember anyway I'm sure at some point there was a, a point in time that we didn't have pets um but we were actually a foster home for uh Great Danes growing up. So oh, that was cool. from a very young age. Yeah, we were with a program called Danes in Distress. So we would be kind of that halfway foster home where abused Danes would be taken out of the homes where they were abused and they would come to our house. We would nurse them back to health, uh, find healthy homes for them that where they could have like a loving forever home. Uh, and that's probably where some of my love for animals stemmed from is seeing you know, that's probably why I can love animals more than people sometimes is when you can see, you know, what happens, how anyone can abuse an animal. I have no idea. Um, so seeing those kinds of situations and being able to watch the transition of a pet who had been abused and scared and then flourish into this amazingly happy um, and loving animal. It's such a cool process to see. And I think that just stuck with me. Um, I've always been known as like the crazy cat lady. And then as we, as we had our dogs, we were known for the people with like, they were called the horse dogs, um, <laughs> or the cow dogs because we had Harlequin Danes, they're black and white. And so they look like Holstein cows, but, <laughs> um, so we've always had animals. And I think that that has really solidified that passion. Um, I'm the kind of person at a party that will be hanging out with the animals, before I'll like talk to some people sometimes. So yeah, you gotta if, say if, hi to the dogs first. Yeah, exactly. Rude. If the dog doesn't come to greet me, I will find you wherever you are in the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've always had animals. Um, and I I mean my husband and I plan to always have animals uh, well into the future. So that's amazing. I'm friends with a great dane named Bruce. Oh and uh, they are they are wonderful dogs, but Man, so big. And the jowls, like when Bruce is yeah. done drinking, his dad has, they have a mop in the kitchen and they just mop wherever yeah. Bruce goes is a river of, of slobber and water from his jowls. Exactly. Our dogs used to shake after they drank water and the, the slobber and water would go all the way up to the ceiling. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you have your Swiffer on the ceiling too, sometimes too. <laughs> oh, dogs. <laughs> Amanda, where can people find you if they're looking for you? 
you can find me on social media at Amanda Realtor for Pet Lovers, uh, or you can email me directly, Amanda McNair at kw.com. Um, yeah, I'd say like Instagram, Facebook is probably the best. Send me a DM. Um, and it's just Amanda Realtor for Pet Lovers. Yeah, we will tag you because one, dog and animal lovers unite. And two, <laughs> um, it, it's a really, you're, you've been a really great inspiration as a small business owner for having the guts to really niche down and flourish from it. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. It, it takes, um, it does take courage and it does take some building up like that, putting your mindset in the right place to take the leap to do that. But it's so rewarding when you're able to really bring your passion forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Thank you so much for joining us, Amanda. We've really enjoyed laughing and, and learning together. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I know you sent pictures of you for our promos, but if you want to send any of the fur babies, I'm sure I can convince our graphics person to, <laughs> to include some of those. One of the photos that I sent actually does have fur babies in it. But so. they're not your fur babies. That's true. They're not. So like if you just yeah. want close-ups of like your fur babies, our graphics woman is incredible at turning those into something she's i'm telling you this woman has an eye for visuals hey i'm happy to send over photos of my animals i have about a million to go through (laughs) (laughs) and a special shout out to our graphics department who is trina (laughs) i had a feeling feeling that might be with the the little giggles in the background through at the end of podcasts and be like this podcast is edited by sarah this podcast <laughs> gra- graphics are created by trina <laughs> what a team they do production, everything yeah. the powerhouse production, production support provided by trina and sarah <laughs> <laughs> sound mixing by sarah. walter oh, yeah, sarah. <laughs> final approval by walter Oh, thank you so much for joining us, Amanda, and for being such a, we love having guests on who believe in lifting community and each other up, and you're fantastic at that as well, and thanks for being so honest and willing to chat about your experience niching down. Absolutely. I'm always an open book. If anyone has any questions, feel free to hit me up. Awesome. And stay tuned, folks. Amanda's staying for the outro. (laughs) Before we go, amazing graphics person, where pe- can people find you, Trine? Uh, they can find me at Trina Photo and Cleo Fox Stock on Instagram. And I um, occasionally dabble in Facebook under those names. And um, my website's trinaphoto.com and cleoandfox.com. Nice. And you, Sarah, where can we find you? Uh, you can usually find me in the corner at the party petting the animals. <laughs> but you can also find me at um, uh, Empowered Results Mediation um, and Empowered Results Conflict Consulting on Facebook. I think I changed my Instagram to just Sarah Turl Mediator. Um, but I don't know when you search. I'm not savvy enough to know if you search Empowered Results, if it comes up or if you have to put Sarah Turl Mediator. So Best of luck to all those trying to find me to follow me, I guess. <laughs> that's a terrible, that's terrible business acumen. Not even going to edit it out. 
Just click the link <laughs> in the show notes, people. Yes, right. <laughs> yeah. Click the click the link or click on just push and find just push go on Instagram and Facebook and under just push go podcast or just push go.ca. And then you can find me from those from little there. ways out too. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to find people or how to be found. Clearly, um, you're a, you're so a much. treasure hunt. <laughs> Some something. Thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Meow. 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 Awesome. <laughs>